Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to another Parenthood Friday. Thank you for coming and joining me. It's Renee here. I'm so glad to be with you. Now, just a little caveat, if you can hear a very quiet noise in the background, you might not be able to pick it up, but if you can, guys, I'm just keeping it really real here on Parenthood Friday. It's my dryer. For those of you that live in Queensland, you would have great sympathy and empathy for me. Nothing dries here. It's either too humid or then it rains a lot. And then honestly, it's crazy. It's not not like living in Adelaide. If you're in Adelaide, things dry a lot quicker. Anyway, so if you can hear that, I'm sorry, but I'm not turning my dryer off and I'm sure you guys don't mind. Anyway, today I want to take a little bit of a different angle to what we were talking about last week to do with emotions. So last week on the Friday, go back and listen, I talked to you about how we can build uh, emotional resilience in children. And by the way, you know, when I'm doing 20 minute, 25 minute podcasts, clearly I'm just kind of touching the surface of stuff and there's so much more that can be said, but I try and just give you, uh, I try and give you uh, easy to remember bite-sized takeaway pieces. And so last week we talked about the importance of building emotional resilience in our kids. And I gave you two thoughts around that. One being, Um, how we mustn't sit with our kids in the chaos, but lead them through. But then secondly, when we lead them through the emotion, it's not to lead them away, but uh, we don't want to shelter them. We want them to feel their emotion and then work out what to do with that emotion and how to process it. So don't sit with them in the chaos and don't shelter them. They were the two takeaways. But I want to flip it today. Um, I want to flip it and I want to turn it back on you and me. And I don't do this very often, although I think it was near Mother's Day, I did do a podcast on the things that I find hard or have found hard over the years about being a mum. And so many of you actually really enjoyed that and maybe not so much enjoyed it, you resonated with it. I got a, a lot of messages from that one. And so you enjoyed that. And I thought today I'd do something similar. And um, instead of, you know, teaching us about one, two, threes of what we can do about something to do with parenting, I want to talk about um, about ourselves. Because I know how hard it is to try and teach our kids emotional resilience when we are way more than parents, we are human beings, first of all. And being a parent can be so challenging because we're weak and frail and dealing with our own stuff, right? And I think the more that we can acknowledge this, the better the parent that we can be. It is not a sign of weakness to be able to acknowledge that we have our own weaknesses and our own things that we struggle with, our own struggles. And in fact, it's better off that we do acknowledge them because these areas of our life, they will come out in our parenting. They will come out in the way that we uh, raise our kids. And I know all of us feel the same. We don't want our stuff, our negative stuff affecting our kids. 
when I first had Georgia, I used to be so in awe of this tiny little five pound nine, sweet, floppy little tiny thing, human being that was under my care. And I remember often I would just walk up and down the lounge with her and I would pray. And I remember just praying, Lord, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I just pray that my stuff doesn't become her stuff. (laughs) And I just remember being so worried about that and just thinking, I don't want to stuff this up, you know? Um, So I think we can acknowledge our humanity. We can acknowledge our weakness. We can acknowledge our struggles without having to parent out of them. Okay, so they're two separate, well, they're not separate things, but I think if we can just think of it like that, that we can have these weaknesses and we can acknowledge them, but we can also learn not to parent out of them. So the we look, a couple of takeaways probably from my personal upbringing, the way that I was raised, but our emotions as parents, our emotions as mums and dads, they are not our children's to bear. They're not our children's to carry. When we go on holidays, my kids used to pack little baby suitcases, just their little ones that they could manage to carry and wheel along themselves. We didn't give them our big, huge, heavy suitcases with all of our stuff. Like our suitcases were almost as tall as them. And it's the same in life. We shouldn't be giving them our emotional baggage to carry because it's far too heavy and far too big for them to bear. But at the same time, we can't deny who we are and we can't deny the struggles that we have because after all, we're human. So we need to acknowledge our struggles, but then know what to do with them and how do we not parent out of them. And I think on the flip side, our struggles can make us better parents. Our struggles can make us uh, stronger So for me, this is quite personal because I had a very emotional mum growing up. Now, don't get me wrong. She was a wonderful mum and did so many good things. And she was so strong in many ways, but not emotionally. And she relied on me a lot as a child for emotional support. In fact, not just as a child, even even now. Uh, And although I gladly gave it because I loved her, I actually hated that at the same time. And that's because it's not meant to be that way around. The child cannot be the parent and the parent cannot be the child. Again, think of the suitcase scenario. Imagine if when we went on holidays that I wheeled my kid's suitcase and they wheeled my heavy suitcase. That would look ridiculous. Well, it's exactly the same with parenting and our emotions. So my my mum did put a burden on me that was too great for me to bear. And to this day, I have an aversion to people dumping an emotional load on me, especially when they do it in a manipulative way. I can see it coming. I can sniff it a mile away. And I literally run the other way. I don't like it. Um, And to this day, I parent my mum. It's not the other way around. And to this day, I dislike doing that. Um, So I was really, really aware that I didn't want to do that with my kids. I wanted to make sure that I was the parent for them to know 
and still to this day for them to know that they can rely on me. I wanted what I didn't have. I wanted them to know, hey, guys, I am, I'm the strong one here. I am your parent. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't see me sad sometimes or disappointed or hurt. It doesn't mean they don't see me in my humanity, but it does mean that we know our place and we know our roles. And in our relationship, I know that my role is the parent and their role is the child. And I don't expect them to carry me emotionally. It doesn't mean there's not times where they can be compassionate and and see those parts of me, but they're not meant to carry those parts of me. I want them to always know that I'm here for them if they need me to be. You know, I want them to come to me when they have problems, to be the person they can always call for, for advice and for a chat. So just be careful to always keep the roles the right way around. And although it's okay for them to see your humanity and to see your weakness, they're not meant to carry it. So there, the thing is, there are so many ways that we can actually cast our emotions onto our child. So I'm going to you know, tell you a couple of stories just to help you see what kind of ways I'm talking about, because sometimes we don't realize. We think of the big stuff. But we can actually do it um, in ways that um, might be that we might be so completely unaware of, of exactly what we're doing. So, for example, we might make them afraid of the things that we're afraid of. And I see this all the time as a teacher, like the fears of the mum or the dad becomes the fears of the child. So I had a friend years ago. Um, back in Adelaide, a total germaphobe. She was gorgeous, like, but she hated germs, like literally a germaphobe. She was petrified of germs. So she would make her kids wash their hands all the time, but it was pretty extreme. Like they weren't allowed to touch any surfaces in case there were germs on there. So even um, when they turned taps off, she taught them to turn the taps off with their elbows. She wiped everything over. She carried baby wipes with it all everywhere she went. And so needless to say, her kids were also quite neurotic um, and were were kind of annoying sometimes to have around because the fears of the mum became the fears of the kids. Uh, I had another friend who was a total helicopter parent. And I get this. There's a lot of helicopter parents. Um, so she would never let them just be in a room to play by themselves. She always had to be in the same room. Or if she came to my house, my kids would always play like out the front, particularly my front yard's really big. And we had a trampoline out there. So I'd be like, oh yeah, the kids will be fine. But no, she didn't want to stay inside and have a coffee. She had to be out there with them, not even on the deck where you could see them out there with them, following them around everywhere that they were. And it drove me nuts. We could not have a conversation. If we went and visited a playground, we couldn't just sit on the side and have a coffee and watch the kids play. We had to follow, well, she followed them around everywhere they went, which meant I had to, so we could have a conversation. It just seemed that she was afraid of everything. And now her kids are almost grown and they're exactly the same. Like they're too scared to get into a car and to go and get their license. And I just see it in so many different ways. So Cameron would often say to me, babe, don't parent out of your emotions. And for me, I could see that that happened in kind of two ways. And I'm sure that you'll be able to see yourself in this. 
The first way was that sometimes my own emotions would bubble up into my parenting. So for example, if I was worried about something, then I was really distracted. Or if I was angry or if I was tired, I would be short-tempered. So that's one way that we can parent out of our emotions is, is we can't manage them. We don't contain our own emotions and they bubble out and we take things out on our kids. But there's another way that we can parent out of our emotions that I think um, is more harmful that we often are not aware of, and that is that we project our emotions onto them. That's what I was talking about with my helicopter friend and my germaphobe friend. We're projecting our emotions onto our kids. So if we're afraid of something, we treat them as if they are afraid of it. Or if we would get rejected by a situation, we just assume that they would get rejected by it. Or even on the flip side, if something makes us really, really happy, we assume it would make them really happy. And then when it doesn't, we get disappointed. So again, that's putting our emotional burden onto them. It doesn't even have to be like in, in, the, in the negative, like with a negative emotion. So let me give you an example of that. Georgia, like being my only daughter, you just kind of assume that your daughter will share the same likes as you do, right? But she never shared my love for dolls because like, not that I like dolls now, but I loved dolls as a kid. So I just assumed that she would. And she never shared my love for books or knitting and crocheting. I know, right? I know you're probably thinking I'm weird liking those things, dolls, books, knitting and crocheting. So when she was little, I'd buy her all these beautiful little dollies she never played with them. She would go and pick up all her teddies instead. And I remember getting hurt by that. And then you're kind of like, what is wrong with me? I'm the parent and I'm getting hurt that my kid doesn't play with dolls. Or I remember offering to teach her knitting and crocheting because my Nana taught me. And she would look at me like, you've got to be kidding, right? Or I expected her to be really excited to visit a bookshop with me. And she wasn't. She'd be like, oh, do we have to go to a bookshop? She hardly ever reads. Crazy. Georgia Reed. So we put these emotional expectations on our kids. And then when they don't respond how we want, we become disappointed like they've done something wrong. All right. So that's what I'm saying. There's so many nuances to this and so many different ways that we have to be aware and be careful. Well, here's another example. I read a story of a mum who obviously must have suffered disappointment in her life and she didn't want her children to feel the same. And so one day it was raining outside and so she told her children that they couldn't play outside on the swing set. And of course they were upset and they were disappointed and she didn't want them to be disappointed so she disassembled the swing set and set it up in her living room. Now, that might sound really extreme, but what efforts might you go to to stop your kids feeling something because it was an unbearable emotion for you? What do you disassemble to protect them? And what we don't want to be is an emotionally unstable parent. And you might be able to recognize that a few ways. An, an emotionally unstable parent is consistent with their parenting because they rely more on how they feel in the moment. Um, an emotionally unstable parent is often one of the major signs of an emotionally unstable parent is that they're too permissive and they'd rather be their child's friend than their parent. 
And that's because we want to be saved from adulting. So we would rather be our child's friend so that they'll always like us uh, and always accept us rather than be their parent. So for me, vulnerability, like we've got to work out our own vulnerabilities, okay? And that is a challenge. We have to work out what what are my emotional, um, what are the emotionally unstable parts of me? What are the uh, the parts of me where I'm vulnerable and, and have a weakness and what do I need to work on? And if we can work out our vulnerabilities and then if we can, I mean, and part of that will be at times we have to learn to control our emotion, but the way, the only way that we can learn to control our emotion is if we take it somewhere else. We have to know where to go with it. And where to go with it is not in our parenting. Where to go with it is not to our children. And we can't take it out on our children. So we have to find another place. So for me, for example, a vulnerability was rejection. So I grew up super sensitive because of my childhood. And I often would feel very easily rejected, even going into my adulthood and even in my early parenting years. So I assumed that my kids would too, and I treated them that way. And that's why Cameron would say to me when he would see that, he would say, hey, babe, don't parent out of your fears. Don't parent out of your emotions. So just because I feel the weight of rejection by certain situations, it certainly doesn't mean that they will feel the same. So we need to find a place, well, where do we take that? Where do I take those emotions other than into my parenting or out on my kids? Because it's really important that you and I heal and that we learn to process. So I'm just going to tell you a couple of things that I've done over the years that have helped me but for all of us, it will be different. But the first one for me is being um, being honest with myself. That's been really important. Actually, um, being honest and being aware. So when I, you, you, we all know when we treat our kids in ways that are not right and that they don't deserve. And when that happens, be honest with yourself and ask yourself, why am I doing this? What, like, what is the root of this? Um, is it that I'm afraid I've got fear? Uh, is it that I have suffered disappointment? Do I have some sort of trauma? Um, do I have rejection issues? So be honest and be aware and listen and watch yourself as you're parenting. And so for me, a huge key has always been, as you know, I'm a Christian, um, bringing that to God in prayer because God can only heal those parts of us. We can work on it and we can do the best that we can, but there are certain parts of our heart and our soul that only God can heal. So I would take those things to God in prayer and I would read scriptures and I would highlight scriptures um, and I would journal. I really find those things really helpful to me. Another thing I did definitely was huge for me was I talked to Cameron. So, you know, talk to your partner if if you have a partner because they will see things that you might not see. And the thing is, you're raising your kids together, so they're going to have issues as well in this area. And so you need to back one another, not in an accusatory way, um, but in in a supportive way. 
Another thing that you can do is talk to a really good friend. I used to do that a lot. I still do that. That's partly how I process things. So, you know, and often it would just be our kids would be there. Our kids would get together and play and we'd have coffee. We'd often, my friends and I used to meet more back then. The only the only place that we would find um, where the kids could play and we could have some peace was actually a Macca's Cafe, guys. <laughs> Go to a Macca's Cafe, um, even though I don't love a McDonald's. McDonald's coffee, the kids would be busy playing and then I could have a good conversation. And, you know, it's good to talk to other mums or other dads, if you're a dad listening, um, about how they deal with certain things. So you need to have an outlet. And finally, another thing that you can do if you find that none of those things are helping you or there's some stuff that is just like a bump in the road that you can't seem to get over, a mountain that you can't seem to get around, then find someone in a professional way to talk to. Find a, a counsellor, um, someone who might be able to give you, you know, that might be able to, you know, is professional basically and will probably be able to help you understand yourself um, better than what maybe a friend could or your partner might be able to. So there's, you know, and I think we're in a time where there's absolutely no shame in that, finding someone else that you can process and talk to. That's really important. So guys, uh, there we go. Come to the end of, um, of this episode. And I really, um, I know that for all of you, that many of you will probably have listened to that and be like, oh, ouch, yes, I really struggle with this. Or I, I know that I take take out this emotion, you know, on my kids. And, um, just, just remember, please don't feel condemned. Okay. That's the one thing to remember because guess what? We've all done it. We have all done it. We've all been there. I could tell you some stories. I probably should tell you some stories, um, where I've been there and none of us is perfect. And, oh, this is probably one thing I didn't say. We can actually say sorry to our kids as well. For those moments that we that we don't get it right, we can say sorry to our kids. We can say to them, guys, you know, I really messed up then and I got angry at you and you didn't do anything wrong. That was because of something that I'm dealing with or something that I'm going through. So just let your kids know, let them know that you're human um, and that you're really sorry. And do you know what? I'm telling you now, kids are so forgiving. They love their mum and dad. In fact, your honesty will actually make them respect you. I promise you that. It's being a good role model to them too because it's showing them that, hey, we feel emotions too and it's important that we face them and we work through them and, you know, we've said to our kids over the years, yeah, mummy's sad right now or, yeah, daddy feels a bit angry right now or, you know, it's good for them to to see that, oh, mum and dad feel this and that which means it's okay for me to feel that. But then we show them, we model to them good ways of dealing with our emotions. So it's a win-win, guys. Anyway, I hope that's helped you. You know how much I love you all. Thank you for coming by and listening. And I'll see you on um, this Wednesday's, uh, whatever I decide to talk on on Wednesday. Until then, have a good one. Bye.